It's the Craig Rugby Podcast. It's the post-match podcast coming from Marty Roberts, as you can hear in the background. Great atmosphere in here after a great win for Connacht. Well, maybe a tough win for Connacht. Okay, before we talk to our guests tonight, let's hear some of the in-match audio that myself, Alan Deegan, and Danny recorded during the game, and some of the try highlights from William and Rob. Welcome to the sports ground. We're five minutes to kick off here. Uh, nice breezy, breezy day. What, what are your thoughts, Alan? Yeah, it's a heck of a wind blowing here. Um, we saw a couple of the Connacht players coming out and test the, the wind. They threw a couple of, like, bit of grass in the air. One went left, one went right, and one went backwards. So I'm not sure. Um, the Stormers were having awful trouble trying to figure out what this wind was like. They were trying to um, figure out where the hill was because I don't think they can find it. Um, but yeah, it's, the bookies have this as a, a pretty even game and it's very hard to tell. Connacht are missing five very influential players but Stormers have just had to make a change and they've <laughs> rejigged almost their whole back line. So um, we'll know more after 20 minutes. Storm has gone through four phases uh, of really pro- positive attack and we're going to get a, a reset, are we? No, on we go. They're underneath the post and they're a metre out. They're going to go to the back line. It makes sense. This should be the try. They've scrampered over to get the score. And it's Peterson, the fullback. 20 minutes gone here in the sports ground. Uh, Stormers lead five points to nil. Uh, what are your thoughts, Alan? It's looking very worrying. Connacht have been in there 22 twice. Didn't came away with nothing. They've been in our 22 once, got a score, and Connacht are playing with a very strong breeze at their back, which the Stormers are really struggling with. But the rolling mall is, must have made at least 50, 60 metres so far in this game. So Connacht are going to have to up the pace and get a score before half-time. Slow ball. Very hard to see what's happening for the officials. Connacht go for it on the fringe of the, the mall, and they get in under, over the line underneath the pole. That ball could go anywhere. It's, it's, it's sat up in the air perfectly for Peter then he gets a boot on it he wins the possession five metres from the Connacht line he spins around in the contact and lays off the uh, pass and the Stormers are now four metres from the Connacht line disaster from a Connacht perspective the pass comes out they're nearly over and Nell is the man who's trying to get in for the try and he has it's Vilmsa who got the ball off him actually in the end Vilmsa gets over so it's half time here at the sports ground Stormers are leading ten points to seven a uh, bit of a difficult first half for Connacht yeah yeah they've been in the Stormers 22 five times they've only got one score great stuff from Paul Boyle um, the Stormers have come, come up snatched two scores the first one was off a rolling mall that eventually went wide and they scored and the second one was just a very speculative kick that no Connacht defender went for and Williams uh, had got to it first kicked it through and eventually you know, scored so a very disappointing way for Connacht to finish it's as though they switched off for that last minute of the first half they're struggling with possession. They're not, they're not quite using the ball as well as they might do. A lot of one-up runners. I know the wind is pretty bad, but Stormers are going to kick the letter off the ball in the second half. They're winning by three. They're slowing the game down unbelievably, even worse than an English team would do. Um, not looking great for Connacht. going to be playing into this breeze, but maybe that will suit them. Oh, Connacht has knocked it on. Marmion's been used as he comes into the ball. He's dropped the ball and it's picked up. And now Lebok is bursting down the field. Lebok is going to go from 13 metres inside his own half of the field to go all the way down the other end and score a try. Now Blade is bursting clear off the fringe of a, a rock. They weren't expecting Blade to do that. He's just off the bench and that's a brilliant carry. He had an opportunity to pass. He decided to go into contact. Alex Wooten then has uh, taken it on. Now never able to offload and Conor Fitzgerald is going towards the line. He spins through the contact. Gets the offload to Tom Daly. And Keelan Bates break has changed this entire game. The support runners were superb, and Daly's got into the try. 60 minutes gone here, and the Stormers lead 17 points to 14. 
Well, it's a hell of a game now. The game's speeded up. It's become more the way Connacht wanted, wanted played. They've had a unfortunate um, drop ball from... As you can hear, the crowd are getting into it because the Stormers are still trying to slow the game down. But a fortunate drop ball in the middle of the field led to the Stormers getting their first try the second half. But it's been all Connacht. That's a fantastic try there from Tom Daly with Blady making a brilliant break as he's come on the field. And great work from Connacht Fitzgerald. He's building into this game at last, which is great to see. It's all to play for. Out it comes now. Daly, they're going to the back line. A little trick move as Wooden comes around. What an off from Wooden. Now they're nearly in the corner. They reach out. They score. Connacht have got the try. Uh, full time here at the sports ground. And Connacht have won 19-17. How was that feeling, Alan? Yeah, well, still still unbeaten at home against South African opposition, so that's pretty good. We'll take that. Two dollar cards in the second half made a mess of it for, for Stormers, who looked as though they were in control. Um, but once those yellow cards happened, Connacht got the breaks, got the scores they needed, played some great rugby, um, and, the, and the bench bounced as well as I've seen it bounce all season. So, yeah, super win. Brilliant for Connacht to back up last week's away win. And now, huge trip over to Edinburgh next week to see if they can keep that thing going. Champions Cup rugby next year is still a possibility. And after the match, we got the post-match thoughts of Andy Friend and Paul Boyle. And I believe William was looking for John Dobson as well from the Stormers. Um, So, here's what they had to say. Paul, you've just come out of the dressing room, back out into the wind and the cold. But uh, that was a good... That was a good win. That was a hard old win. It was a proper, proper tough game. Yeah, it was. And I suppose particularly with the few results we had in Europe where we kind of let a lead slip, um, the pressure was on from you guys. But uh, we, we, we spoke about it in all those meetings post them. And, and I think we've taken our learnings from them. We don't make it easy for ourselves, but I think we're learning and we're, we're going to be better at closing out games. Yeah, because you really started playing. The bench uh, the bench was brought on. You started playing some really good rugby. You put pressure on them. You asked them questions out wide. And, you know, to come from 17-7 down to win, that, that, that is, you needed the win, but you got it uh, by playing some good rugby. Yeah, we did. And I've been on the bench a couple of times and it's always make the impact, make the impact. But it's actually so hard to make an impact coming off the bench. You can't get your second win. The game is already at a good pace. But our bench did a really good job today, not only out on the field and in their actions, but in the words they had as well. And when we were either chasing the game or trying to hold on to the game, some of the some of the words they gave us in, in those huddles and uh, particularly Caelan Blade, um, it was really useful and beneficial to close out the game. Were they ex- exactly what you expected? They're, they're a big side. They've got a. I'm tempted to say maybe they didn't use all their skills today, but they're they're a big, you know, they're a typical South African side. But they're they've a little bit more class than maybe some of the South African sides we've seen up here recently. Yeah, they're a big side, big forward pack. Uh, they had a lot of success with their mall in the first half, and obviously their back three are extremely dangerous. And that last set of D when we were trying to hold out, even though it felt comfortable enough you just don't know what they're going to throw at you if it gets to one of their boys in the back three they could just make a break out of nowhere so we had to be switched on all the time and the last five six minutes I think we were yeah because they got a fortunate try just before half time um, you know the ball bounced and it, it stuck it stuck in the wind and then it bounced and it was kicked through and that's hard to take but and the, 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 the next try was also a bit of a lucky one but that seemed to galvanise Connick where sometimes in the past the heads have dropped a bit when that can happen but today you were you were at it hard yeah, those things happen. Like, uh, think back to the game last week when Scarlett did the crossfield kick that we got to try it or nothing. So that happens in games. You've just got to get on with it. And the messaging was quite good and the huddles throughout. And that's what you've got to listen to and just move forward. Edinburgh coming up now on Friday. 
Andy set you a target. He said, you've got to win six out of eight. You've won two out of two. So you want to make it three out of three. But that's a different type of challenge on an artificial pitch. But you must have good confidence after these two, especially the type of wins. Yeah, and Friendy did set out that target six from eight, but we had this three-game block before a little break, and we set out season-defining that we needed to win the three, and we're two with a three so far, so it's, it's a big weekend ahead. Um, we'll enjoy that one today, uh, review it tomorrow, and then Monday it's on to Edinburgh. Andy, in the end, two-point win. That was a proper old-fashioned grind-out game. Uh, hard work. Yeah, it was hard work, and... Uh yeah, thankfully we came out on the right side of the ledge. I just said to the boys in the shed afterwards last week we had to hang on. This week we had to we had to come from behind. So nice to be able to, to do both in two weeks and, and show that we can grind out those you know, those close encounters which we've been guilty of not doing previously. Uh, the bench worked really well, got got the team moving, but was that a kind of a roll of the dice? We have to go for this now because you just you, you were competing, but you weren't really putting them under any pressure. You asked them a lot of questions once the the bench got moving. Yeah, I thought you know we call them our bouncers. I thought when our bouncers came on, they were they were phenomenal actually to a man. They just they gave us that go forward that we'd been looking for. They gave us the sting in the tackles that we were looking for. You know the the disruption around the line out stuff that we've been looking for. So um, real credit to, to to those men when they did come on. They they gave us that that real impetus that we needed. You got the scrum sorted out as well because there was a few of them went backwards. It got a bit messy. A lot of resets. It was a stop-start sort of game. But, um, yeah, Jack Anger came on. He had a big game in there. He he tightened things up. So did Jordan Duggan. Yeah, I thought those two were, were fantastic when they come on. You're only young men, the pair of them. But uh, uh, Jack, you could just see not only his set-piece work, but his work around the field. It was, you know, at one stage there, I counted three carries in the space of about 30 seconds. So his ability to get up, and every carry was a dominant carry. So... I thought he was great. Lever Fafita got the man of the match, as we saw, but his ability to go forward. Um, you know, it's taken a while for Lever to settle here, but uh, you see his performance last week. You see that performance backed up again this week. Really, really positive, so really pleased for those men. And Kean Prendergast. We talk about him every press conference. Um, he just goes from strength to strength. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time every time. Yeah, he- he does. He definitely does. And, and you know, and then we took him off. But the bloke who went on there, Avrin Papali, I thought was immense today. Connor Oliver comes on and he gives you go forward. So we, we've got a, a real dearth of, of quality back rows, quality forwards there at the moment. And you know, the coaches have been working hard with them, and the players have been working hard themselves. And makes our life as selectors pretty difficult. Some good decisions as well. You kept the ball moving. There was some good sleight of hand. It was high tempo stuff a couple of times. It's probably a little bit nerve-wracking when you're watching it, but it was the only way to really win this game was to get some width and and cut them wide. Yeah, it was frustrating the box because we just kept saying there's there's no speed in the game, there's no pace in the game, and and we don't play well when we don't have pace in the game. Um, We you know, and we knew that the Stormers didn't like having pace in the games, but we we couldn't seem to find that up until probably the you know the fiftieth minute mark, and it was when those bounces came on that we got that. So. But once the boys got into flow with that, you can see their skill set and you can see they're a hard team, team to contain. So it was nice to see that at the end. Six-day turnaround now, Edinburgh. Huge game as well, three in a row. You set them a target of six out of eight. So Friday night's going to be massive over there. Artificial pitch, which you haven't played on before. So we don't really know what to expect. And how do you think they're going to come out of this? There's a few few guys there at the end carrying a few knocks, I'd say. That was a, that was a, that was a physical game. Yeah, it was. I mean, they were a big side, the Stormers, and... 
there was a lot of physicality in those hits. You know, they challenged hard the breakdown too. So, um, yeah, they'll recover well, mate. And uh, we're very aware that the Edinburgh's playing a good brand of footy at the moment too. So over there is going to be tough. But uh, we do a bit of training on the on a 4G pitch at the minute. We know there's a 4G pitch coming in here next year. So we're excited to go and play over there. John, thanks for joining us. Um... That was a tough one for you. At times you looked to have good control in that game and it just got away at the end. Yeah, I thought, look, I think, to be honest, the, the scoreboard's probably a fair reflection. I thought the way Connor played in the second half uh, was really good. They were direct. They took us on physically um, and probably beat us physically. Like half that half with 14 men made it a bit tougher for us than it should have been. But I think credit to Connor, they ran with purpose in that second half and almost ran over us. So, yeah, I think they deserved it in the end. Conditions were tough. I mean, very hard to read. I think I, I think for both sides, it's it's a viciously cold wind, but it was also swirling around. So that made it, uh, the first half was a bit stop-start, and I, I suppose that try just before half-time kind of set you up. It looked as if you were in prime position there to kick on. Yeah, I mean, the wind, you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't an easy wind to read. It wasn't classic left to right or right to left, but I thought... We thought that first half we were more into it than we So to be leading at half-time, and I said to the players at half-time, the wind's not going to carry the ball and put it across the try line. I said they kind of to come with more intensity, which they did. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, you know, theoretically to have had the better of the wind in the second half and, and, and lose it was, was very disappointing for us. Was it the sort of game you expected from Connacht? I mean, you, you, you've analysed them, you've looked at them. Did they, did, 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 this is the way they, tr- they tend to play. They, they like to get the ball moving. Yeah, I thought what, what, what probably surprised, pleasantly surprised, not pleasantly, but for Connacht's point of view, was the, the physicality. You know, I thought, you know, we got some big forwards and losing Adre Smith and Dion Ferry, probably two of our stronger, better forwards at halftime was a blow. Um, but the, the way they dominated physically in that second half, I thought the way they dominated the carries, we used to see Connacht moving the ball, probably to move the point of contact. And there they, they really did, did, did dominate us and um, defensively put us under pressure. You know, I could have had another trial too. You're still in a good position. You've five home games to come now. They're, they're going to be key. That'll bring its own pressures. Um, but you're still well, well in touch here in, the, in, in this competition if you can get those games moving for you, getting, getting the right results. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's spot on. I think um, it was great that we got something, even though it was only one point here. I mean, if we got four, it would have been Christmas. But if we, we didn't want today to upset our momentum or where we are as a team. And I don't think what happened today has disrupted us or derailed us. You know, we've got all those home games at Cape Town Stadium and we should be, you're right, we should put up a reasonable charge now. I think it's a good, we're a good, it's not a bad Stormers team. And I think playing in our home, in our conditions, our field will be quite effective. OK, so tonight in Marty's. Today in Marty's because yeah, it's still during the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's still during the day. I've got Dave Finn. Dave, happy with that? Oh yeah. Never, never mind the quality. Smell the points. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've got Danny Deegan. How are things? Your quick thoughts on that? Great win. Four points. Happy days. Job done. And then new guests standing in for Lindley McKenzie. We've got aspiring journalist Fiona Halligan. Fiona. What did you think of that? Um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great win. It's always good to win when you don't play so well and get the points in the bag. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look like at half-time McConnacht playing with the wind went in three points behind. That It looked as though we're never going to get any points out of this, Fiona. Yeah, yeah, especially when they went uh, 17-7 down, it kind of looked like, oh God, are we going to have another rough day here at home? 
but um, no, in fairness, the subs were hugely effective today. Um, Connor Oliver, Papalini, they all came on, Lady, they changed the game up, um, sped it up a bit more, and put um, Stormers under pressure a bit um, in the second half, and they took their chances when they came along. Um, Bald Hannon improved immensely in the second half, so yeah, no, definitely the bench were the turning point today for, for Connacht. They certainly were. And Danny, one of the huge frustrations of the first half, it, I think it went on for about 50 minutes, was how long it was taken to set and reset scrums and lineouts. It just seemed to take forever, and the Stormers seemed to be quite happy with that. Yeah, they really wanted to slow the game down before every single lineout. They seemed to have a little mini meeting. Um, now it was kind of nice because it did flip and it cost them in the end, where, uh, you know, you, you could see in the last five minutes, we could see that the, the subs bench spinning their fingers telling them to hurry up hurry up hurry up so it was, it was that was a little bit of a, a bittersweet moment for us kind of thing just enjoying that um, which I looked they, they came uh, they weren't as we, we were a heavier pack so I thought it was interesting they wanted to slow the game down but um, I think they, they saw how it frustrated us against Glasgow frustrated us against uh, Leicester and thought that was a way in now, I, I think at halftime as well, something must have been said about the Rooks because they stayed out of the Rooks in the second half. First half, they were bullying us, they were getting inside, the ref was letting them away with it. All of a sudden, that stopped in the second half, so I'd love to know what was said. Yeah, yeah, it did, because it, it did look like they had us sorted. They looked as though they knew exactly how to win the game, and right up to the, the second yellow card, because the first yellow card was, was um, bad enough. They probably could have had one before that for cynical play, but the second yellow card really turned it in Connacht's favour. Well, yeah, because what they were doing, and this is, this is, I don't think they played rugby till the 50th minute. I just do not. And I think, weirdly, what they started to play rugby off a really bad piece of play by Connacht. And we need to, we need to be clear about this. Um, all three of their tries ultimately, try some back, come from very bad, simple turnovers and a lack of reaction. And especially the, um, the third try, because Libok picks it up on the halfway line and is gone, and no one gets near him. And I thought, I thought that's it. We couldn't see where we were going to come back. And yeah, as Fiona said, Conor Oliver came on and gave us energy. But for the 15 minutes between 50 and 65, 52, 67, Willemse controlled the game. They, made, they didn't bring Sergio Peterson back on, which I thought initially was a mistake. But they got Peterson into the game, and he was putting in these lovely little grubbers that were printing us back into the corner. And then Nell gets the card. I think it's a red card but I will bow till I see it properly on a screen that isn't 200 yards away and distorted. But at that point, their discipline cost them. But if they, if, if they hadn't done that, the way Willemsen was pinning us back, we were struggling to get out. And we had the freedom. Significantly, the two tries we get are both handling moves where there is space. When it was 15 on 15, there was no space. Danny's right. In the first half, they were killing us. Not everything was legal. Why they didn't do that in the second half, I don't know, but they didn't. But as soon as the yellow card goes, it forces them into making a change. Willemsen can't get his hands on the ball. They can't get into position where he's spinning his back, and we open up. And to be honest with you, at 1917, we had a try to slide from Keane Prendergast, where my issue is everybody could see it was a knock-on. Why did, why did it take that long? And secondly, touch judges don't make, a, don't make decisions in games. It's driving me nuts. But they made one today, and they said that Tom Daly threw a forward pass to Abe. And I'm just like, I have to see that again, because of my first viewing on the replay. Again, on the big screen, 200 yards away. Didn't look that forward. 
All right. And Fiona, like, the one thing you have to say is the resilience that Connacht seemed to have developed that looked as though it had sort of wavered against the likes of Glasgow seems to be back, that we're, we're, we're back being a resilient team, that there's a self-belief there that we can win games no matter what. Yeah, and it's good to see it back. Um, I don't know, it's like it switches gone off on their heads again um, I don't know what happened with a few of the games earlier in the season like why we weren't able to, to hold out and be that resilient team that we're known to be um, but it's great to see it back um, it was um, yeah it was that second half was just very good and I think it was um, the, the, the subs that really really made the difference like I, I don't know Connor Oliver to me was outstanding like and he's just very vocal and I think when Bundy's not there we miss that and I think maybe that's the resilience that we miss you know that person constantly in your face like and it's good to see Connor Oliver taking that on but we need more players doing it like me Paul Boyle doing it Marmo maybe doing it a bit more even though he's vocal enough so we need more players like that to when we are 17-7 down that they say come on lad pull, let's pull the socks up like you know get get back into the game um, and it can be just something that small that can just switch it back on again for the players um, but it's great to see it back and hopefully it stays <laughs> well exactly and, and when you consider Danny that like the Stormers were more or less at full strength I know there's a couple of players injured but they'd know, they, they had their spring box they had all the players that they were able to pick they were able to pick from the full deck Connacht are missing five of their most influential players you know as Fiona's saying we need people to stand up and it was great to see lads standing up today when you're missing the likes of Carty and Bundy yeah definitely like that's that's the whole point of a squad um, you know you, you need to if, if, a, if a guy is not there for whatever reason injury or if he's doing well enough to get an international call up then the guy behind him has to step up and take his chance um and I, I think a lot of guys did that today. You know, um, I think Fitz had a bit of a tough first half, but he definitely he grew into the game, and he's just not getting enough game time. You know, maybe he's missing out on those those A games. You know, and maybe we, there, there could be a possibility that we look back at the AAL or something like that. But that could be another topic for another day. The Summers were at full strength, but I kind of didn't change the game plan. Just because we were missing those guys, the game plan didn't change. I'm just having a quick look at the stats. I couldn't look at it during the game. It was too bloody cold. Uh, my fingers were frozen. But, uh, like, Connick's first half dominated possession, dominated possession 53% uh, and 60% in the second half. And they dominated territory at 73% of the first half. Second half, it was 59 With that wind, you would have thought the Stormers would have, would have come up in a lot more in territory and even possession. But Connick were able to hold on to the ball. They played very smart rugby. Uh, I know the yellow cards probably helped, but like when they did kick, they kicked it along the ground, forced a few knock-ons, and once they moved it away from the first, uh, the first runner, first runner, give a pop. The, the Stormers didn't know how to defend it. They were they were at uh, odds and ends. The second we get one pop off, they were all over the place. So we were able to get in behind them. So I think it was a very well. Uh, executed game plan by Connick today. Okay, Dave, so you know, we've got two wins in a row now. The chances of getting the Champions Cup rugby sort of the door is opening ever so slightly, and it just keeps twisting that it keeps going in that direction. You've got Edinburgh next week in Edinburgh, but they could be missing a fair few players. Yeah, it's so hard to judge who's going to do what. The, the, system, the system was already messy in terms of 
the conferences and all that. Then we have all the fact that teams teams absolutely have not played the same amount of games. So it's incredibly difficult to work out where we are, who we in, in terms of who's who's in what, who's in fourth position. I think. To be honest with you, the five teams ahead of us, we include Edinburgh, are pretty much, I'd say they're safe. We don't know what Edinburgh are going to do. Uh, we're recording this and the jocks are getting a hammering. So I don't know who's going to get released. But it's anybody, it's, you can guarantee that anybody that's from Edinburgh in the 23 is not playing next week. They've had an awful lot of injuries in Scotland. They're calling up, they should be calling up Edinburgh players a lot. So we don't know who Edinburgh are going to be able to put out. But we can't go there assuming that it's going to be the U team the B team and some fat lads from some of the local clubs it's just not going to be that way that's not how it's, this is a professional era this is not how it works we have to go there and be as professional as we can we, it's a new state we must assume and play as if this is the first choice Edinburgh team we must play as if this is the most important game of our lives and it is imperative that we do we are even I don't think 80% wins next week I don't think 90% wins next week I think it has to be 100% but the last two wins have been pig ugly. They have been horrible wins in horrible conditions, playing, okay, last week not so much, but this week, play, forced to play really strange rugby against a, a team that was playing really strange rugby and standing up and being counted. Yeah, we, there's clearly been a, a mindset re, uh, reset, and it has to go on. The, the challenge is six out of eight. You start that well by going through doing three out of three whether or not but we have to go with the rider we go in with any way off the right, 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 right attitude next week and we go back to that game in the time of the season we lose irrespective of who Edinburgh but it's all down to us ok so before we finish off because um, I'm only barely warmed up from that because it was pretty cold out there today yeah so this will be our, our free podcast this week during the week we'll have our our normal midweek podcast um, we'll have our coaches one if you want to go back if you want to become if you're not already a member go to patreon.com slash craggy rugby we've got some great audio we had um, we had John Dobson and Brock Harris as part of the, the coaches one earlier on this week and there's some great stuff in there from William I think they had some really good fun and then we had a special interview with the Italian coach Kieran Crowley um, who gave some great insights not just to Italian rugby but to places like Canada you know who, who were at one stage ninth or 10th in the world while he was coach and the difficulties he had coaching them so like there's a lot of, a lot of really good audio we're getting out there so you can join us on, on patreon.com slash rugby pays a couple of bob a month and um, we'll give you the best coverage of Connacht you can get so any other business what have we got Danny uh, well it's something we touched on it was the length of uh, scrums and lineups set piece your main thing would be scrums uh, yeah I have to agree you know like it's another game that nearly an hour and a half you're like come on refs can just tell them to speed it up maybe we need our guys to, our captains to go to them and tell them to hurry on the refs can just give a free kick it's, easy, it's a nice and easy simple fix if guys don't rush to get there yeah fine whatever but this idea of getting there stopping cleaning your boots then the other lad cleans his boots then you go will we set oh no we won't we'll, we'll, we'll reset the ref can give a free kick just work it out exactly exactly have you got any other business Fiona? same with the line out today I, that was so frustrating um, like fair enough it's the home team but when it's the away team that's doing it and getting away with it um, and 
when um, kicking away from the rock as well. Like he seemed to get an awful long time. Um, just blow it off and give the freeze. You have to do it once and that'll stop it. Like yeah, annoying. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Have you got anything? You always have an any other business save. You always have. Well, first of all, the guys are right. Times ten. Um, <laughs> I would I would have huge issues with Ben Blaine on that one. Um, the other one is. Uh, I have to say, great to see Maddie, Div- uh, Maddie Devine scoring a try from uh, uh, the base of a rook last night. Um, uh, lovely. I-, I thought Italy, the under-20 game was a really good game. I thought Italy were desperately unlucky. And one thing I will say is, hometown, hometown decisions. Uh, referees tend to favour the home team. I thought Italy destroyed us in the scrum last night. <laughs> Bashes up. I mean, the three, the front rows, the three front rows for Ireland and the, the two second rows were immense in the loose they were huge they were fantastic at the line out couldn't scrum to save their lives the Italians best is up there and the Italians got one scrum penalty but apart from that it's my only, only caveat remember this is an Italy team that bet England 6-0 so clearly on form lines purely based on form entirely no logic beyond that we're going to beat England up next time um, we're on for a grand slam it would be great pity there's only one Connacht guy but I think the team is better uh, with Maddie Devine in there and uh, uh, kudos to him and I'd forgotten his dad had played for comments <laughs> oh exactly exactly scored a hat trick against Munster once but we won't talk about that um, ok my only other business is um, being very surprised to watch the Connacht manager Tim Allnut having to carry tackle bags at the end of the game because a certain kit man I think he had a break there last week or the week before left the tackle bags on the field but you know, oh, that's, that's we, we we all know who firing that is. Event. I'm not going to mention any firing names. But I think sorry. We, we, we'll just have to leave it there. Bye, folks. <laughs> loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you 